Where lies the strangling fruit that came from the hand of the sinner? I shall bring forth the seeds of the dead to share with the worms that gather in the darkness and surround the world with power of their lives, while from the dim-lit halls of other places forms that never were and never could be writhe for the impatience of the few who never saw what could have been. In the black water with the sun shining at midnight, those fruits shall come ripe in the darkness of that which is golden, shall split open to reveal the revelation of the fatal softness of the earth. The shadows of the abyss are like the petals of a monstrous flower that shall blossom within the skull and expand the mind beyond what any man can bear. But whether it decays under the earth or above on green fields or out to sea in the very air, it shall come to revelation and to revel, and to re, to revel in the knowledge of the strangling fruit. Nah, Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at Syncbook. It's Good Friday 2019, and this morning we are celebrating an anniversary. Ten years ago, Jake Kotza took a walk. The next day, April 23, 2009, the first Sinkhole blog post was published. The rest is history. As you may very well know, Jake coined the term Synchromysticism, we've spoken to him a number of times on this program, episodes 6, 17, 46, 37, 204, and always record 38. He can be found in a number of places to which we'll link, uh, most notably his synchromistic videos. It's always a pleasure to be connecting with an old sync friend. How are you doing this morning, Jake? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, too. So... Do you recall your very first kind of sync walk that produced the first sinkhole blog post? I don't think I actually recall the first sinkhole post. Well, it, I mean, so the interesting thing about that time period is that you definitely were thinking about the year 2012. That was one of the beacons that you were definitely exploring. Uh, yeah. And so, but I mean, it really was more of a, a moving through the world and looking at different things that were communicating to you. So uh, for this first one, the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, which was yeah. to, to be completed in 2012, that did eventually open, yes? It did, yeah. It's open right now. But it didn't open until quite a bit later. I'm not sure what year, I forget right now, but it was a couple of years, they were a couple of years behind in the end. So that was just what we were aiming for. Do you feel like, as far as the space, does it have some kind of sacred vibe? Does it still talk to you on that level? Yeah, I, I mean, I think its destiny is yet to bloom fully. Um, but it, it, it has a significant uh, role in, in, in my uh, in my cosmology, I guess. And, um, you know, in, in w on one level, a thing that's already happened there that I thought was, you know, quite sacred and profound was when uh, it, the first night where it was 
open for public to use the space because there's parts of the building that you can rent out and use for people use it for social things and for uh, you know ceremonies and you know, events and whatever there's like there's a space people dance in there and the Jim Saunders hired out the hall for his first showing of the documentary film Tonkiri and Juan Flores was there so it's so like the premiere of uh, of his film a big friend of mine and also a collaborator on the sinkhole and uh, many sink videos so and you know we do ceremony together as well you know ayahuasca ceremony and yeah so his film was there the first night um what year was that open jeez i don't know i can't think <laughs> specifically what year one second i, I think i got it right here gone a little... i remember i have the tickets still from that day and it was uh, 2014, September 27th, was the screening of Tonkiri, um, the premiere of the, of the film, of the documentary. And so recently I talked to somebody who, he was trying to understand some of the premonitions we get from more of a materialistic space. And so he was attributing something like that. So you getting some intuition from this poster of the, uh, you know, this building that's coming mm. as uh, you're remembering the future, you know, what, what do you think about that? So I guess if I'm understanding what you're saying, you're saying like sync gives you little clues about events that are coming up. Because you, uh, time is, is less linear than we think, and so you're actually remembering your future, which is it's, it's, a, it's a fun thought idea, but I don't know that I want to completely embrace it. But it is yeah. so that what you were actually perceiving on that day, April 22nd, 2009, you know, you're looking at the sign, is this moment in your timeline that's, that's coming where, you know, you're going to have a big moment there. Yeah, I do resonate with that idea. And uh, I do feel like sync is giving you, I feel like events, you know, they're like, they're like little earthquakes, you know, with different size. And they're, they're sort of non-local in time. And you get like echoes or like aftershocks before and after little ripples coming out of events before and after them. And those ripples you see as like sinks. And I figure it's kind of like 9-11 that really made me aware of that. And a big journey of sync for me was investigating 9-11 and then realizing, watching media involving the Twin Towers, how significantly uh, it was already, you know, people had seen that event coming up um, before it happened, if you look at the, uh, the media about the World Trade Center that exists. Uh, that was put out before the uh, 9-11 event. And now and I, that's kind of like a normal part of my life where, you know, I'll see little things that resonate with things that happen later. And it just seems like it's just a normal way that the world works, that uh, there's these little foreshadowings of what, what will happen. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I think it, it's a normal part of reality. Do you perceive that at times 
they're just more dense sinks than at other times, or is it just our ability to see what's going on? What do you what do you make of that? So I'm thinking it specifically. It seems like right now there's a lot of little foreshadowings happening, or <laughs> the just uh, winks. I guess we'd call it. Yeah. No, I I I feel that as well. It's like there do seem to be periods that are marked with more uh, sinks or intense awareness of sinks and then there's sort of uh times where it's you know it's it's still always there but there do seem to be like little nexus points in time where there's a specific like highlight or uh just uh you know lots of lots of synchronicities it seems right now for me with the uh, black hole and the um, notre dame cathedral burning there's just been a bit of an explosion of uh, awareness of synchronicity and things surrounding that that uh, seem to uh, highlight, you know, um, mysterious um, foreshadowings and stuff like that. So I want to talk about your practice as far as, you know, where you started with synchromysticism. And and it's it's interesting because I think along the journey everyone's trying to understand. For for me to wrap my head around it, it seemed like like if you think of it like a like a health practice or like a artistic practice, it's just whatever keeps you sane or in uh, in resonance with with the universe. Whatever you you do to stay sane, and it. But I'm just wondering how your practice has changed over the last 10 years. Well, I figure it's just become more, um, you know, it's, it's, it's normal. It's been normalized. Like in the beginning, it would be some, you know, things would make me like really freak out or uh, I'd want to like, you know, like yell about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just, there's a sort of quality of like, you know, this is like insane and amazing and you just want to like, it's, it's like you, you're just like, um, you know, and this like, you have this further about it, but now it's like, I accept it and I see it as normal. And often, you know, the little synchronicities that I see daily, I don't talk about even, I don't write about um, and I used, it's like things that I used to would like make a whole post about, I now just see and I don't even stop because it's like so normal. Um, and I think for a lot of people that, and I think, you know, part of the work has been to normalize that for people. I think for a lot of people in their lives, um, synchronicity is a normal thing. It, they do take it as a given that there's a bit of a communication with the universe coming through, uh, uh, sinks and stuff like that and uh, that the deepening of that over the years has definitely continued where it's just uh, part of the fabric of my everyday life then with periodic like uh, things that stick out and are really loud and then uh, you know those those things we will um, blog about or not blog about but you know social use social media to share those things um, our history is kind of a history of social media on some level because it seemed like the connective technology at the point in time when we were finding each other 
was blogging, but since then, you know, we've, mm -hmm. there's been a proliferation of different social medias. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, moving from Blogspot to like Facebook? Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that, uh, you know, the, um, the way we consume media, you know, has been changing dramatically um, for the last couple of decades with the, with the internet. And then you, even within that, there's been shifts. And for me, it was like, um, moving away from blogging these like long essay style, um, formats, which in my personal life, I started moving away from reading things like that. I, I, I find I read very little books. I, le I read very little, anything that sort of like is a long, big commitment. You know, I feel like that's just not the style and what resonates with um, the current, where we're at in history. You know, it's like things are moving fast. You get your information through a hundred different sources every day. You know, uh, I check many websites, many feeds, many things, and I'm informed through that. Um, the idea of sitting and statically reading like, you know, an hour of like one blog, you know, that just seems sort of almost archaic and not a very like efficient way of getting information. And I feel like our minds have changed to accommodate that as well, where you can, you know, you read like a couple of characters from a tweet and that's that's a chunk of information. And then you go to Facebook and you read someone's status and that's a chunk of information. And with all that, like it just sort of combines to this everyday experience of being like immersed in media. And I feel like sync has moved away from this long format to just like short little things. And people are more and more comfortable with that. I think in the beginning it was sort of like a resistance thing where, you know, people uh, want videos or they want blog posts uh, so they can sort of wrap their head around things. But uh, now it's just like tweets and a little Instagram, just a little bite of a couple of things. And then, you know, later you'll get it, you'll, you'll get more of the picture. And I think that style fits more the on the go, you know, now, 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 um, where, where the world is sort of at is like you instantly communicating with people an idea. Are you familiar with the Wayback Machine? Is this something you've ever played with? No. Yeah, so it's interesting. I didn't know about it either. But it is some kind of bot that crawls the internet and takes snapshots of different things at different times. And I think over the years from... Uh, from the existence of the sinkhole to the present, it has taken 157 captures of the sinkhole. Okay. And, and so the interesting thing about that is when you, when you just like kind of scroll through these different snapshots, there is this really fun schizophrenic quality to to the the sinkhole do you do you remember this or the quality of the sinkhole yeah. Yeah, yeah just because the color changes the header changes the title changes the different mm -hmm. sidebar stuff yeah yeah i remember that sure. do you so it's it's curious because 
part of what we were trying to do was just to flow and to to just stay in sync with the moment. But I wonder, you know, is it, we were also egoic creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's it's. Do you have? Do you do you recall any? Like, I mean, the the problem is, is when you're everyone is maintaining something like a structure that is uh, is giving to folks. The the prob the potential is to try and want to control it, you know. Um, yeah. Do you have any memories or recollections of this thing like, oh, the sinkhole is spinning out of control? Or or do you think you were always just happy with, with you know, whatever it was doing? No, no I mean, um, I, I, I remember even people who were writing on the sinkhole, writing things that, you know, I was completely um, not happy with, you know, that I felt, uh, was, you know, kind of like, um, things that some people might offend people, you know, mm-hmm. at some points I even took steps to, uh, you know, remove people from the sinkhole that I felt were like using it as a platform to, you know, spread like things that even seemed like kind of hateful, you know, from my perspective. And, uh, I mean, so that would be on the extreme end of it where, you know, I just felt like, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of freedom to express, but at the heart of it, you know, when I had made the sinkhole, it was never something that I, you know, I didn't want to be part of anything that I felt was like, uh, being hateful to certain, uh, people and lifestyles and stuff like that. And there were, uh, some incidents where I felt like this was actually happening on a, on a forum that, you know, I had, you know, made. And, uh, you know, at that point I'd, uh, actually, I actually removed people from being able to, um, use the sinkhole. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting little taste of what came. It seems like Facebook is, can be way worse in terms of bringing out the, like the worst elements sometimes in, in some people yeah yeah which i think might be just a product of social media in general yeah yeah i mean of of course it's like a it's a big issue people you know have the the internet and they're free to say whatever they want for the most part but you know where do you draw the line uh because people have very negative um um, mindsets and viewpoints and, you know, to, to what, where, where's the line of monitor, monitoring, policing that, and where does it become like, um, negative to, uh, to, uh, try and stop people from doing that? When are you like causing harm by censoring people, you know, uh, versus not, um, by not doing that, you're actually, you know, where, where's, where, where's the line between causing harm by censoring people but or letting people cause harm through not censoring, you know, how, and how do you make that call? I think a lot of people wrestle with that, like on YouTube and Facebook, you know, and there's like, you know, do you, do you let Alex Jones uh, say certain things but not other things or do you just like cut him off or whatever, you know? So it's, you know, it's a, it's a relevant issue. Yeah. Well, the, the idea that you can 
anonymously do something is, you know, super liberating, but at the same time, right. I mean, there, there has to be some kind of yeah. guidelines. I guess it just comes down to whatever is my intuitive read of what the most loving thing to do is, you know, I feel like that's always been my guide. And I feel like most people that, I believe that is what we all try to do with our level of awareness. We try and navigate moment by moment uh, what we're doing, you know, and try and be responsible to that, uh, to that end. I think most people are doing what they think, you know, at least from their perspective is the most loving thing. Even when somebody is saying something, you know, horrible on the internet, they probably have a reason why they think it's necessary. Some sort of, you know, there's something inside them that makes them think that is the way to behave and I guess to the level of you know our uh, awareness we're all doing that so I guess that's just how I keep I just keep the faith that that's the right way to do it and I just uh, conduct myself and make my decisions based on what I think is the most loving thing to do and that could be censoring someone or it could be not you know it'll just depend on the context of the moment and my intuition when I think back to 10 years ago, there's a part of me that I, I, I feel like we're almost like superheroes. So it wasn't that we were anonymous, but we had these internet identities and we were still playing with this, this other space that was a brand new space. And so it wasn't, I mean, part, partly I wanted to hide because I was, a li I was partially ashamed, but also, you know, embarrassed by some of these thoughts and concepts. But when I think back, it was also really, you know, empowering to have like a secret identity. We came together. It was it was like a comic book or, you know, some kind of superhero club. Yeah. Do you ever think back to the old days and think about how, I mean, it wasn't something we necessarily planned. It was just really organic and it just unfolded. Yeah. No, this, the sinkhole is amazing. Um, Jim, he has regularly pointed this out to me. My, it seems my memory um, is not that good, really, when it comes to things that I've done in the past. I'm often like syncing with things that I've done before. And I'll, I'll, I'll remember, okay, I've done syncs with phoenixes before, but the details will escape me. And I know I've um, gone through over things more than once where it's like, you know, I'm syncing with stuff again that I've, that I've done before. Um, one, because I think, you know, that's fine. You can go over things more than once and there's more depth to discover. But then also just sometimes it's cause I forget, I'll be like, I'll do the same date or the same theme and I'll, and then Jim will point out, well, you know, 10 years ago on the sinkhole, that's exactly <laughs> it. We went through the same actor the same themes and it and if he shows me those posts or if i even it's funny because sometimes i'll like do word searches or image searches on um on google like i'll think there should be a connection between this and this and then i'll find the sinkhole as like a as the, as the first thing that comes up or if through the searches that'll come up and i'll be like this is hilarious like the the only thing out there that's made this connection before is something that uh, you know I've participated in and was part of. So the sinkhole, you know, it's. 
I think it was pretty revolutionary and, you know, still is uh, something that uh, is unique and, you know, uh, quite beautiful. And there's a lot of, like, if you compare to things we're going through now, like if you, I don't know if there is a Phoenix post on the sinkhole, but I'm just saying like when themes come up again that have been gone over on the sinkhole, it's amazing to see the um, sort of non-localness of those posts where they will have things in them that will resonate with this time round of going through the same theme, like magic, you know, where it'll be like an echo of sinks that we are experiencing right now. We will have gone over them already in the sinkhole. And this I've seen numerous times where it's like um, things that we were mentioning in association with sinks in the past are now coming up again in the future and they're already in there in the sinkhole. So it's like a, there's, it's actually, you know, I think as an, as an experiment, it, it, there's still a lot of depth to sort of see the mystery of sync because when you're syncing with sync, it like is, there's a bit of a feedback loop. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And on a personal level, it seems like some of the posts that I did that might not necessarily have any meaning for someone else, they're touchstones that I can come back to, you know, when I do find myself like in a circular pattern. It's like, oh, I've been here before and mm. and now there there is potential new depth or more depth. And I, I there's just something cyclical about the nature of seasons and time and all that and so it, it makes perfect sense mm. that we would return to different things but so one of the big things that was is this this 2012 moment i wonder a lot of people just think that it was a dud i'm not so sure do you have any thoughts about like mm. did did the nature of consciousness change in 2012 or can we even say that because, you know, perhaps we're in a new paradigm of consciousness? That, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, a part of me feels like um, something did happen on 2012. Um, like a, it feels like a marker of something. Um, you know, for me personally, it's a marker of sync jack. Like, uh, um, me and Jim released this sync video called Sync Jack on on that date, um, focusing on syncs with people whose birthdays on the twenty first of December, and um, the synchronicity of a lot of Jack synchronicities involving that date, and then the release of Jack Reacher on that same day, and going to the theater that day, and doing a ceremony that day. So for me, you know, at least for my personal life, the uh, um, impact of, of 2012 um, and December 21st relates to Sync Jack and uh, the, the synchronicities and events of that. Um, but I think, I think there's a deep mystery there. I do think there's something happened um, in that time period and is being highlighted by it. But I feel like it's, you know, the idea that it was this one particular moment on 21st December 2012, I feel like maybe that's uh, not the case. It's more like it's still this transitioning of the um, that we're going through right now. 
I feel like we're still going through an evolutionary shift, uh, an awareness change, and it's in the fabric of existence that this is happening. It's not like just, um, you know, like in 2001 Space Odyssey, we're like learning to use tools. It's more deep than that. It's like this is the fabric of existence that is going through a shift. The evolution of consciousness, which I feel like we are part of, is going through a, uh, a transformation. And I feel like this, this, like the black hole we just saw is a marker on that path. It feels like if you uh, had like uh, the scene in 2001 Space Odyssey where the, um, the, the monkeys or the primordial man touches the monolith, the black monolith, and then there's a shift. Um, we, we've just hit another point like that by actually seeing a black hole. Um, Jim was remarking yesterday an interesting thing where it's kind of like, you know, nothing escapes the event horizon of a black hole. Um, the famous thing about it. And then, you know, in a way that's us now, like our awareness, our, our, our visually we've seen the event horizon of a black hole that just happened historically. So there's a part of us that cannot escape the black hole now. When I first saw that image, there was something because it, it, it's kind of soft, it's out of focus. It definitely draws you into the dark space in the middle. And I just felt like we're seeing something that I don't know that we, sh you know, we, I guess we have earned the right to see it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this is like the, the Holy of Holies on some level. Totally. That is. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I feel like it, it does mark. And I, and I feel from my, like, I haven't seen a synchronicity uh, catch fire as fast and resonate with people as much in a long time. Uh, as the things surrounding the uh, black hole, um, especially for me, like I've, you know, sync has been a very casual thing, you know, in my personal life. And then recently with the black hole, I've just felt like more drawn to sitting down and ironing them out uh, over social media. And the response has been um, good and I feel like there's been a shift since the uh, black hole event. It's it's interesting because I about the same time uh, started reading Jeffrey Kripal's newest book, which is called The Flip, and it's a it's a smaller one, but it's really interesting because basically it's trying to reconcile our materialistic paradigm with you. Know, it's exactly what you were voicing back in the day when we'd ask you questions about you know like if if you're coming at existence and reality from an egoic materialist point of view and someone's voicing instead of like we we tend to think of things binarily you know there's there's an inner and an outer and you are always saying there's no inner and outer it's all the same it's just one thing your perception is what's causing this division. Uh, it's it's just interesting that um, 
I feel like we're slowly making inroads toward that kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what you call that paradigm. You know, it's an unsplit type paradigm. Yeah. Yeah, I think just the deeper understanding of uh, the nature of existence uh, is still evolving. You know, we think uh, we're, you know, sophisticated, but I feel like the sort of consensus view from my perspective is immature uh, in a lot of ways and still is catching up with, you know, uh, what I would, you know, people who are, there's, I would, maybe I'll put it this way. It's like in a, um, in societies by in bygone eras, you would have mystics and you would have priests and you would have, uh, you know, people who are connected to spiritual realms, um, who would have a function in, um, society in guiding that society and in uh, the government of that society, there would be a connection between the spiritual aspect and the governing aspect. You know, there'd be talks between the chiefs and the shamans about, you know, what to do and what's happening. It's the reality, you know, there'd be things coming from dreams and from ceremonies that would be like informing uh, how, how things are unfolding and uh, progressing and decision-making and that kind of thing. And I feel like that aspect is something that is coming into our society now, slowly, because our shifting understanding of what reality is. Uh, but it's a process that's unfolding um, right now. And uh, but I think in the mainstream, you know, there's inklings of that starting to be like something that people are becoming aware of. You know, that uh, things that are spiritual have reality to them, that there's aspects of reality that we don't uh, fully understand. And, uh, you know, there, it's a bit of a there's a there's a battle going on between uh, what is consensus reality. I feel like that's World War Three in my mind. Uh, I remember actually writing once in a sync post. I don't even know if it was on the sinkhole or on the blob or something from long ago about how the world wide web is like www and if yeah. you flip it's like a three and that idea still resonates with me where it's like um this mash online of opinion and um, um you know it's like a battle for what is reality is transpiring you know and it's like whatever you can convince people of is what will be allowed in the consensus reality. And there's this, you know, uh, unfolding battle happening. And, uh, you know, I think over time it's developing. And um, for me, at least, I see the inclusion of things that are considered spiritual and mystical entering into the consensus view. Uh, and synchronicity is to me like one at the forefront of convincing uh, mind-made viewpoints uh, that they're missing a key element in their worldview, which is why when, you know, synchronicities that foreshadow events or uh, things that connect events, for me, it's like, like if you look at uh, the black hole, um, 
being in Virgo and then Notre Dame burning, and that's like uh, the Virgin Mary, the word Notre Dame be, meaning Virgin Mary, and those yeah. things are happening so close to each other, feel so connected, and then you know you you have this you know, you have this this thread between them that can't be explained with uh, the consensus view that to me says that the consensus view needs to change. And uh, things like sync are what is highlighting that there's this. I think that's the attraction for people who are into sync. It's like they're, they're like, they can see that there's something meaningful happening here, but it's unusual because this is not yet incorporated into uh, the mainstream view as uh, something that uh, is real. Um, but for me, it clearly is. And, you know, this is the continuing process of uh, um, engaging in this thing that is trying to uh, work its way into, you know, norm, it's part of my normal life. And I feel like it's a healthy part of my normal life. And I feel like over time, it'll become part of everybody's normal perception. And it is, and some people call it different things. I think sync is only a part of what uh, is happening uh, on a sort of consciousness uh, changing scale on the planet, you know? Well, let's talk about community a little bit. So it's our, our evolution was always one of, oh, I, yeah, I think it's Robert Anton Wilson who says, find the others. And um, so my own personal journey went from more of a, like sync friends to trying to monetize the endeavor to turn it into the thing that I did for my job. And that ended up, you know, with the strangeness of, you know, these were, were uh, like, this is the sync community, it's a larger community, but, you know, some of the folks started out as friends and now they're customers, or some of these people are just customers. Um, what are your thoughts about the state of the sync community? And, you know, what is, like, one of the first things that on my own personal journey was the Cosmic Tigger. I think that was... Yeah. The year we make contact, 2010, 2010. And then from there, my own little node, like I took that and uh, it just, it it snowballed where, I, you know, um, what are your thoughts on all that, Jake? Um, well, I, I it's complicated because I, I feel like um, with, with, I don't know if anybody really knows what, the state of the sync community is. Um, I mean, because I, I feel like I feel isolated in a way because um, this the community that I interact with daily about sync isn't that large. It's very small, and um, it's not even like a really intimate interaction. It's just like there'll be like a little bit of a riff on the same theme between certain people and it's like there's this communication happening that's not ever explicit uh there's never a meeting uh but there is just a general sense of yes i uh see the same thing you're seeing and i have something else to say about it but it's never actually even put that way it's just like i'll put out a post and somebody else will put out a post that has similar themes or goes deeper in that or will be directly like it'll be like an at in there like look at this kind of thing but it's not formal and 
it's it's hard to even call it a community. It's like just I feel like it's just these individuals doing sync um, and feeling the pull to do it. But I don't feel like I don't know if we even call ourselves a community right now because I feel like there are different communities in sync and. I don't know if there's any like central, I don't know if there's any community that can actually call it, this is the community that speaks for sync or is sync. I, I don't know what the boundary or identity of any of that is, or if it even has such a thing, which I don't know if it's even good or bad. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's, it's a very vague, um, nebulous structure right now, you know, and has these different nodes and, flow in and out of each other um, in, in these interesting ways. Like I, I feel like I haven't spoken to your part of the community in quite a while. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how the interactions uh, connect and uh, what that looks like. I, I'm not sure. I feel like it's something that's unfolding and developing and maybe it's changing. And I don't know, maybe in the future there will be some sort of more crystallization of what the sync community is and where it's going, or it'll just keep being this really mysterious sort of uh, thing that can't really be defined. Uh, it's, it's, I don't really know is what I should say is the short answer. Do you ever feel the pull to like try and make a gathering happen or attend a gathering or is that even on your mind ever? Well, I, I guess I don't, it's not on my mind. Um, I'm cause I, cause I don't really know if the individuals that consider themselves, uh, uh, people who are into sync have any sort of consensus over what their goals are or what they believe sync is, or, uh, you know, it's hard to form a collective when, there's no <laughs> shared vision, right? Yeah. Like that's one of the problems. I feel like different parts of the people who have been influenced by sync and call themselves sync, you know, have different um, visions. And I don't know if those connect or if they will connect in the future. Um, and I find it hard to even express what I think my uh, view is of, uh, of of sync and its and its destiny. For me, it's like more tied into. It's more just a developing of understanding of uh, awareness. Um, I, I I don't really know how I feel or think about it as part of a community. So it's a hard thing to. I don't go there in my mind. So I find it hard to, uh, um, comment too much on it. It's, it's, yeah, it's a very honestly nebulous, <laughs> vague, um, state of w what that is and where that's going. Well, that was 42 minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Pleasure. Been listening to Jake Costa on 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio on the SyncBook.com. Check out all his work. Uh, today we're celebrating 
gator.blogspot.com. For more information about the sync book, our guests check out past shows or subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast, check out others. There's currently all the sync book radio archives are free. We also feature a great search engine to help you find what you need. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much and and keep thinking. What the fuck are fucking feelings, yo? Once upon a time I was a hoe. I don't even wanna hoe no more. Got you something from the liquor store. Little bit of Lizzo and some mo. Trying to open up a little more. Sorry if my heart a little slow. For you all, my friend Ready, baby, will you be my man? Wanna put you on a plane Fly you out to wherever I am Kept you on the low, I was ashamed Now I'm crazy about to attach your name Interesting. Uh, good talk. So every now and again, I think um, when I think back to like touchstone human interaction moments where I have those transcendent, like timeless moments where like there was a moment, I don't know if you're still living in the same place, but like there was some kind of construction going on or something and, and we were hanging out like we were just sitting on some kind of patio, but there was like Maybe it was uh, a deck or something that was 
fenced in or something. And it yeah. just seemed like time just kind of unspooled. Their moment was timeless and people were wandering in and out. And we were just we're like having one of those conversations that were just captured the essence of what like reality is or consciousness is or just something so real and and like those are the things that kind of compel me every now and again to say oh yeah it would be fun to hang out with these folks that i that understand the way my brain works yeah yeah i will have to see i don't i really don't know like i i, I can't even uh, for like my own personal life i don't know where i'm going or what i'm doing as far as the near future is concerned like i I think of like, oh, I need to visit my family in South Africa. Yeah, I have no, I have no real means to do that right now. So it's kind of like, well, I'll just stay here till I, you know, find some clarity or uh, inspiration to figure out uh, how to do that. And then um, there's like, you know, so I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm just keeping an open mind about the future, and I'm open to, I'm open to it. And I, but I don't know, I don't know where. I don't know where um, I don't know where I'm going when it uh, comes to um, the future. For the longest time, I, I mean, so one of the the hallmarks of your own sync work was definitely drawing attention to where you and uh, Jim are at now. Yeah. Do you, do you still resonate that strongly with Winnipeg? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, I I feel a I feel a very, you know, significant connection with this time and place uh, and Winnipeg. I feel like there's definitely, a, um, I feel like that's one of the big um, things that have influenced Sync. And, you know, it's probably um, part of why there's different communities with different uh, ideas is that, for me, the sink is so strongly attached to um, the ceremony and specifically the community here in Winnipeg. And uh, part of its evolution and its destiny to me is wrapped up in what's happening with that community. And I feel like for, you know, people, it's some people want to separate it from, from that. And it's for me, I can't. I don't know how to uh, talk of sync and the future um, without including um, the the ceremony work, you know. So it's 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 all tied into that. In fact, for me, it's like um, the the ceremony work is in a way more prominent for me than than, than the sync work. The sync work is just part of that in a way that was the hardest thing for i think myself and a lot of people with with jim because jim was such a powerful resonator yes but that was always his primary like he definitely was on his path and he was yes. not going to deviate from that and so yeah. you know you would just see that the way he he flowed was definitely you know in manifesting and realizing you know exactly like you could look at his evolution going from i want to have some kind of center 
in Winnipeg, and and now he has. Yeah. Uh, is it the White Lodge? What do you guys call his place? Kind of in the on the river, but. Well, uh, he he has a space. It's called Tonkiri. That's um, okay. But it's on the it's on the White Mouth River. Oh, that's why. So that would be so the, the White Lodge. The <laughs> it's Twin Peaks. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of sinks about that. But whatever. It's like um, um. It's like with you know with Jim, like he, you know, he's just as much a sink person. Sure. As, yeah. As he's ever been. It's just his focus is tonkiri and ceremony. And I don't even, I feel like he rarely shares sinks on social media anymore because it's all, um, it's all, um, it's all about ceremony for him. Right. But a sink um, has to be but, so but, powerful but, to rise to the level of something that you feel compelled to share anymore is the thing. So like, we're, I, I, of course, am going to see 42 license plates or whatever it is, you know, little things, little winks that just tickle me. But yeah. the black hole, Notre Dame, this kind of stuff, that begins to rise to the level of, yeah. oh. Well, I, I still feel like I, I like sharing small things to show people that uh, it happens in the mundane. And, you know, once in a while I'll hook on to a certain actor for whatever reason, and there won't be a, you know, necessarily a big connection to something happening globally with that. It'll just be something that I'm resonating with in my personal life and I'm following. And I'll still, if it seems significant and really strong, share it. But I, I know that it speaks less to everybody uh, when it's like that, you know. So I, I tend to share that kind of thing less just because I feel like it's a little obnoxious to try and force people to uh, resonate with something that you're um, going through personally. Um, but I don't want to completely ignore that aspect because I feel like it is nice to show, just like you would show an off-the-cuff picture of something interesting that you're you know, experiencing in your day-to-day -day, uh, on Instagram or something. Uh, I enjoy that kind of thing, so I will share some sort of you know, silly connection that I just thought was significant from time to time. But then once in a while when these big events rear their heads, yeah, that's also when I feel more animated to like, you know, like right now I'm sitting down before, just before talking, you know, to you, I'm editing like a video about the black hole thing. Cause it just feels like okay, this is really sticking out. Uh, and there's things that I've wanted to share on social media, which I'm like, it doesn't even work uh, in stills. Like there's scenes in Van Helsing where Jack, uh, um, what's his name? Why am I forgetting his name right now? Um, Hugh Jackman is, you know, battling um, Dr. Jekyll and Hyde at the Notre Dame Cathedral and uh, smashing through the stained glass windows there and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's really neat because he's also interacting with the Phoenix in uh, x-men um but they don't really work as stills so i'm like this needs video so it's like i so i'm editing this video and i would rarely feel compelled to like actually go to the point of editing a video at this point if it wasn't like something that i felt really you know is going to connect with people well and that was something i didn't ask you about was so for a long time part of your practice was your video work i wonder 
do you still take in media that way where you're you're grabbing clips as you watch and just stashing things knowing that you know this is numinous i need to hold on to this it might become something or so like are you working on any larger like your videos definitely went from like the 10 minute youtube thing to more like full length ex yeah. expositions like uh like syncomus, you know, like that's that's the depth that you you kind of arrived at. Are you working on anything like that? Um, you know, it's tricky because I was working on a big video. Um, um, it was about elephants and high heels. <laughs> um, it's it started as like a video more about high heels, where the, the idea that the the term being healed by something high something spiritual something uh greater than yourself uh and how that connects to ceremony like being being healed by something spiritual um by something connected to faith um and then the shoes you know a pair of high heels just how that connects um poetically and then showing it through through synchronicity in movies just this relationship between shoes and healing <laughs> which you know is this sounds like a joke but uh and, and all these all this depth was in there about uh you know achilles heel and um all these all these interesting themes that i was exploring so i started making this video called high heels and then i started getting really into elephants and I was like, okay, I'm going to shelf the high heels one and work on an elephant one. And I started making an elephant one. Both those videos started reaching like the half hour mark or so. And then I moved on to other projects because I kept, you know, getting interested in different things. But felt like those were separate. And then eventually over like more than a year, I combined those two into one video. So I kind of think of high heels as just this one video that's got all these themes of ayahuasca and elephants and the elephant thing was connected to trump for me because i was seeing all these elephant sinks before trump became president and it really felt to me like an echo of trump because the elephant you know trumpets that's the sound that an elephant makes and he's a republican so it's the elephants you know and so when he became president it felt to me like a big echo of this thing that i was going through with elephants so there was, there's just this epic video that's an hour long that's now been the combination of two sync videos, but I haven't been working on for months. So it's just sort of is lying on one of my hard drives, waiting for me to like, you know, find the motivation to, uh, to finish. But apart from that one, it's just making smaller ones like the black hole one that I'm working on now. And I made a Ryan Gosling moon themed one recently over a couple of months um so yeah that's sort of where i'm at like there's the one big one that has kind of stalled and then just making small ones whenever you know something feels significant and does it so for me for like i've explained to people for a while where 42 minutes became my practice it was just a way like I need regularity. I need something kind of, you know, 
I explained to people how Will and I both had the same days off for a really long time, and it just it just worked out that that kind of focused us on you know whatever. And what I would explain to people is like I reach out, whoever says yes, then that's what we're kind of paying attention to for that week, you know. And and then we did that for five years or so, um, and now it's the same kind of thing where whatever I'm kind of interested in becomes the theme you know to just kind of focus me i i'm i always think about the year of the rat where the the rat needs to chew on something or else te- its teeth grows out of its mouth and and hurts it yeah <laughs> and so i just always need to be gnawing on something whether you know it's an audio book or like some kind of story that i just kind of drop myself in to resonate with for a time um but yeah, so I'm thinking in terms of like your practice, is it really organic where, you know, you're working on a video for a time and it just, and then your life changes a little bit and you, you're you not working on it. And then if you're not, do you like, so there's a part of me that wants to create more of a high art writerly type thing, but yeah. creating the space to do that is just so difficult with all of life going on with kids and school and work and everything is is there a question there yeah the question is you know what is your practice like um yeah it's very organic like i try not to like um plan i don't plan out uh what i'm gonna do kind of thing even even mostly for moment by moment i don't really like i'll have different things that i have vague ideas of doing during the day like today I have an off day. I'm not going to work. Um, but there are a couple of things I want to do potentially. Like I want to go do some exercise. I want to maybe go to the theater. I want to keep editing on this video. So those are sort of the things, the general potentials yeah. of the day. But then what I really end up doing will depend on yeah moment by moment, just sort of feeling like, okay, the following the grain of the moment feels intuitively like, okay, I'm going to keep sitting here and editing for a couple of hours. And then if that changes, then I'll be like, okay, I feel like I need a break. Maybe that'll be going to the theater or going to go do some exercise at the gym kind of thing. So I don't know. It's like, for me, it's like my plans, they have like vague outlines, but they're very flexible given the context, which you can't really predict of the moment that's constantly changing. And that's how I will make videos. That's how I will make decisions and everything. I, you know, it's, it's all flexible, but there are some vague um, outlines that I use as sort of guides. Your practice, you and Jim, I mean, that was a period in time. I wonder, do you still spend that, like part of what you were doing was connecting the the theater releases as they were arising to the moment as it was happening and that yeah. was really illuminating and fun do, mm-hmm. do you still go to the to the cinema that frequently or is that was that it's it's pretty frequent it's i wouldn't i'd say it slowed down somewhat in the last couple of years to like uh how regularly i go to the theater and uh how often i'm like connecting the 
movie release of the week to what's happening during during the same time period but it still is like it's it's like i it's part of what i was saying earlier where it's like it's kind of normalized it's like i i do that without even thinking about doing that like i'm always every week without exception just because it's so part of my normal routine i'll like spend an hour or two throughout the week who knows how you can even quantify that because it'll be on my phone you know stealing a moment here and there looking at what's coming out you know and watching the trailers and thinking about what's happening in the world and how it relates to the theme of the movie and then the poster kind of thing or just sort of staring at the posters for a couple of minutes that happens without question every week you know and then if something significant comes out of that like meditating on on it like okay this is kind of really amazing how it's connecting to this other story that's happening in the media and then i'll kind of like do a post about it or consider folding it into a video if i'm working on a video at that point like because that happens quite a lot where it's like i'm making a video like a ryan gosling video and then something will happen in the media like the church christ church shooting and i'm just like this it's crazy how perfectly that connects to ryan gosling and i'm happening to be making a sick video right now i'm like ryan gosling is literally in a movie called ides of march which this event happens on the ides of march and he's like a white supremacist in another movie i'm like that's crazy like this is happening at the same time as i'm doing this video about ryan gosling and i can just slip it in there as like a connection to current events so that kind of thing happens all the time where it feels like because you're meditating on synchronicity, you're just in the flow of things that connect to everything in these, you know, really profound ways. And so it's the same, like with the video that I'm editing right now, it feels like part of the flow of this, you know, current rise of like interest in synchronicity and uh, really powerful sync wave that we're going through. And then I'm kind of, as I'm editing, I'm like, well, maybe something will happen in the near future that will, that I don't even know yet, but it'll connect to this video and I'll put it into this video or maybe not. Maybe I'll be finished in a day or two and I'll just post it. But it's, it's so, so it's that I'm trying to explain how it's part of an organic thing, you know, and it feels like sometimes there's this non-local mind, which is part of what synchronicity is always teaching me, but it's so it, it's neat to see how that works in your own life where it's like, you'll be like, I didn't know that this was gonna actually come out in the video, uh, but it seemed like a part of me must have because I started doing it, you know? Well, I need to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. All good. (laughs) I was gonna say, I need to take my my five-year-old to school here in a second, but I'm just curious about, like as a a final kind of thought, um, about, the idea of legacy and like impact when we first started out definitely uh i mean i was younger and i was looking for what amounts to my career and wanted to like try and you know it, it's just so hard because you want to do something with that has meaning and yeah. you know i think we're all artists types you know artists for sure and so of course we want to be compensated for our work Um, but you know what do you make of of what we did and you you know and what impact it it has or has or does that even matter well i feel like 
you know, it's such a, I feel like it's such a, you know, like art movements that uh, are ahead of their time, um, art movements that break the mold and are even like rejected in the current era, or they're, they're not even noticed because they're so edgy. Um, they're pushing the boundaries. I, I feel like sync and the sinkhole and a lot of this stuff that we're connected to falls into that category where it's like really um, at the forefront of something new and special, but so much so that it's like almost can't be seen because it's uh, there is very little context uh, for it to be recognized. Um, so I feel like its day is still coming and people will be shocked when they realize uh, how much we've done already and uh, what we've done. And it'll be, and it'll be there. They'll be like, wow, this is amazing. You did this like 10 years ago, their minds will be blown. And then they'll see how it still connects and is relevant because of synchronicity to everything that's unfolding. So, and I feel like that's, and that's just part of it. It'll, one, people will have their minds blown when they realize uh, what we've done. And then two, it's still going to participate in some kind of unfolding destiny, which I think we haven't even really fully um, seen yet manifest. So I feel like there's two prongs of significance to this and it's epic 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 so yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> you, you always had a cosmology you know a hopeful cosmology do you it sounds like it's still present oh no more than ever more than ever like for me <laughs> like uh uh yeah no for me it's like more than perfect is what is what's coming, you know, and uh, this is just stepping stones to that kind of thing. All right. Well, that's a nice spot to end it. it really, thank you so much for joining me today, Jake. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, I miss you guys. I'm I'm yeah, happy to sh share the time that we had in person, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll uh, we'll hang out again in Winnipeg. You never know. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care, and I, I look forward to more videos for sure. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. time we would want